Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. We're also going to talk about Paxlovid mouth. Have either of you heard about this? I'm sorry, what? Paxlovid mouth. It's a Paxlovid is evidently a medication for COVID. Oh, okay. And it makes everything it makes your mouth taste like uh terrible. They okay. have they have colorful descriptions, but I don't remember off the top of my head what any of them are. It's nothing vulgar or anything like that. It's just Lame. really gross sounding. Okay. And speaking of gross sounding things, uh, you have a story about how urine can help, could, may be able to help feed the world. Evidently, evidently. Well, I miss doing Sundays with you, man, because you always have the weirdest <laughs> stories. You've also got something about monkeys stealing evidence and a pot vending machine. You've always got a story about monkeys. The, well, okay, escaping, you, you biting people, this, stealing vending machines. They stole key evidence in a murder trial. <laughs> well, that's spoiler what they alert. So on the story of urine and fertilizer and all of that, because I haven't been paying any attention to it because it's largely inconsequential to me. Until it isn't. Until it isn't. Well, and, and that's one of the things. I've got my like, own garden at the moment. So. That you're going to need urine for it. That's what we're saying. <laughs> I have cats, man. If, okay. If I need ammonia, I, I can, I can right. harvest it from my cats. You're covered then. So evidently there is some sort of actual fertilizer shortage. Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest thing is, so people do not think about petrochemicals. Like, what people think, oh, when you think the word chemicals, you're probably not thinking literal chemicals, because literal chemicals is literally everything. I mean, everything has a chemistry to it. What you're thinking, like, a chemical plant is not a chemical plant, it's a petrochemical plant. So all of those chemicals, those come from oil. So when the second largest producer on earth of oil gets into a war and that be that would be russia then okay well now we have way less petro for our chemicals so we have a lot less fertilizer available throughout the planet so you're saying this is russia's fault it well, is honest, the, it is if the i was Putin going price to point, hike right it's all Putin's fault if i was really going to point a finger it would be uh uh, the U.S. did not pull back the troops of NATO the way that they had promised repeatedly that they would. So now, anti-American and it's Putin's fault. Well, well, I mean, that wouldn't be a problem if it weren't for Putin. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know. It's chicken or the egg. Like, who's the belligerent, NATO or Russia? Now, I have a, a small garden in my backyard, and I didn't need any fertilizer for it. Which got me thinking, you know, why is it necessary? Why do these farmers, what is it that they're doing that requires them to have fertilizer? And a lot of it is that they, they're not rotating crops. And it, they kind of can't. You know, they, they have a massive amount of wheat or whatever crop they're trying to grow. And that's the crop that they grow. So they need fertilizer to replenish the soil at each year after growing that particular crop. They can't just grow carrots or something like the average person with a backyard garden can do. Sure. Well, and that's what we're about to find out because, I mean, as you just pointed out, they're finally going, okay, well, can we reduce how much of this we need? And, yeah, rotating crops is one of the effective ways of reducing how much of these, uh, as they call it, artificial nutrients you need. It, but yeah, again, but if you rotate the crops, if you, have, like, if you have a grid of four, right, however big your farm is, and you're like, we got to crop rotate this thing, and you cut it into fours for the rotation, your your yield is like one fourth. And if there's a food shortage and you go to that method, 
Oh, That's exactly it. We don't need the about, same number about, of uh, carrots. Lying fallow. So there's a difference between crop rotation and lying fallow. Okay. So uh, with crop rotation, you so you plant this kind of uh, of of crop this year so say uh, a bunch of beans you know and then next year i'm going to plant a bunch of corn there because it uses a different set of nutrients you don't become less hungry when you're fat <laughs> i don't care if they go hungry i care if they well, starve you just to death. talked about suffering like suffering and death are two different things kind of and uh, kind of antonyms really i need my stickers i don't know that a a a person being a little hungry because they have a little bit less to eat is going to be something I would genuinely call suffering on the If you're talking about survival, though, scale. this is like the fattening season, right? There's still food on the shelves, bulk up, get fat. That's good and advice. Then, oh, and would, then be hungry later. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend getting fat, honestly. What I would recommend is get, get, some, get some dry goods. Like yep. get some rice, some beans, that kind of stuff, canned goods. Like, you know, get yourself something set aside. I mean, I think you should anyway. Just because it's smart, you never know. Yep. So commercial farmers rely on a combination of three key nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, to fuel their harvests. These have always been key, but it was only about a century ago that humanity learned to manufacture mass-produced ammonia-based nutrients, and they go on into the history of some of that, and it doesn't really matter. Fertilizer prices are up, on average, 70% from last year. That's a huge increase in the price of something. Like, I've talked to local restaurateurs and stuff, and they talk, I think it was roughly seven or eight months ago where the owner of the India place here was talking to me about how the price of onions had effectively doubled for him. I have sort of the opposite of the normal perspective, where uh, everyone thinks sort of uh, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And I know who used to be running Twitter, and they're terrible. So, uh, this might be a really good change. I mean, they're terrible for some people, and this is something that we've gotten into a lot with uh, Elon Musk and Twitter. I don't particularly see it as beneficial. I mean, it would be good, you know, for people who tend to lean right and to lean toward conservatism. It would be good if they had their own social media platform where they didn't have to worry about being censored or kicked off or anything like they that. They did. There was a number of, of alternatives that popped up in, like, the Twitter getting, we're getting kicked off of Facebook. Yeah, no one's there. Right. That's sort of the issue that I have with Twitter and this idea being that it's going to become this sort of social media platform that is friendly to conservatives because they come at it from this approach of, oh, well, they're alienating half the population by catering to leftists or whatever. It's like, okay, that's but fine. It is. And if they then Disagree. allow conservatives, they're going to alienate those leftists, those liberals who don't want to share a platform with conservatives they're not right. going to magically gain get up to 100 percent of the population if, by doing this they're just going to cater to a different 50 percent well most conservatives are willing to put up with a certain amount of liberals most liberals are willing to put up with a certain amount of conservatives we're a free speech platform anybody and their grandma can just call in you know and have we been taken over by trolls no well, we've been targeted by trolls in the past, but to be yeah. fair, we... There's been targeted effort. There's been targeted nights of just st- on nothing but prank calls because they're going, tonight's the night. We're going to bomb Free Talk Live. Sure. And I don't and know if sure. you knew this. There might be a night. Yeah. But I am somewhat... occasionally. I am somewhat a little bit of a troll myself. No. And, uh, just, just, I follow you on social bit. media. It's, <laughs> it's all high-end stuff. So, so I don't know how true it is that Free Talk Live hasn't been taken over by the trolls. I mean, it... Mark hasn't been here for a year, and he was like the only sane man for a really long time. And <laughs> that was me, Ian Captain, and 
sitting here at least, and we tend to do a fair bit of trolling. But in re- but free free talk live isn't a free speech platform. I mean, we How allow you figure because people can't just call in and say whatever they want. We'll, we'll, More or well, less, we will hang up on them. We will dump them. We will allow them to put forward arguments in certain ways, and we will allow them to express their opinions, whether we disagree with those opinions or not. But free. Free speech platform we are not because we can't be. We have to maintain FCC guidelines. We have okay, to yeah. Follow along with the FCC, FCC guidelines. regulations, we pretty much are, though. As far as the crop rotation, that's all good and proper. But as, as far as laying the letting the field lay fallow, that used to come every seventh year. Hmm. And part of that was to let the soil regenerate. And the other part of it was to actually give the four, four people a place where they could plant some crops. Huh. But uh, in the soilless in the day, ground. All, all your all your farms had livestock of some sort, so they. That's could also a good food. point. Uh, I, I'm one of the few people I know with a backyard garden who doesn't have some sort of chicken or rabbits or something running around in it. And I do have rabbits, but they're wild rabbits, so they don't count. Mm. The goal is to ducks keep those are, out. Just have the ducks, cats. Ducks are awesome for like getting the bugs out of your potato patch and stuff. You say ducks are? Yeah, they work great. They just walk around like a little troop, and get everything. Chickens are pretty good too, but they're not as smart. Yeah, chickens but, are not uh, smart. No, no. But anyway, so delicious. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. When when we think of the farmer mentally, we, we think of someone who's probably got some sheep, some cows, some chickens, some stuff like that. They're, they're not just out there on a tractor all day. But when it comes to these industrial farms and these massive you know, wheat fields and soy fields and corn fields and all that, it's, it's 100% true. There's no cows running around nearby there. They, they're not downhill from where the cows do their business. Can pee help feed the world? Engineer Fabian Esquilaire has never forgotten his grandmother's unconventional approach to gardening. In fact, it inspired his career. Human urine may seem like a crude way of fertilizing plants in the era of industrial agriculture, but as researchers look for ways to reduce reliance on chemicals and cut environmental pollution, some are growing, growing increasingly interested in the potential of pee. See, this is why I take issue with the word chemicals, and you mentioned this earlier. Petrochemicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're peeing in the soil, you are putting chemicals into the soil. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we, we tend to use chemicals as a shorthand for petrochemicals, which I honestly, I, I can't imagine that's anything other than by design. Like, the oil companies don't really like you thinking about the fact that they control all of the, the fertilizer and the medicine and all of these other things. Plants need nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, and we ingest these through food before excreting them, mostly through urine, says Escalaire, who runs the OCAPI research program in France, looking at food systems and human waste management. These present an opportunity, scientists think. Fertilizers using synthetic nitrogen in use for around a century have helped drive up yields and boost agricultural production to feed a growing human population. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Have you ever guys heard of a thing called 
um, Truman Hall in Pennsylvania? No. Well, it's supposed to be, it used to be, uh, it's a secret nuclear uh, bomb shelter for for Truman, the president at the time. So Why would they put a the, secret bomb shelter for the president in Pennsylvania? It's close to the White House. Well, because they, they put it in D.C. Had, That's closer. Because it's got to be far enough away I, from the blast. You said this is called a Truman that, Hole, Sarah? They call it Truman Hole, and supposedly everybody in that state knows about it. And that was supposed to be a big, big government secret. Mm-hmm. That, that guy, everyone in Pennsylvania knows about. Sounds like government work to me. Well, yeah. I'm not that's, finding that's any of what thing. Sarah's talking about. Well, um, well, the this guy was on, actually on TV, I mean, on the radio, talking about this whole, that he's going to write a book about it. Well, Arya, that's so, because it's a secret. Sarah, anyone can write a book about anything, and that doesn't mean a whole lot. There evidently is some not-so-secret Pennsylvania bunker where a nuclear right. war in the U.S. would begin. Anyone who's paying attention on a global scale knows that the U.S. is not going to, not going to be able to pay its debts for much longer. Right. Because it's losing its currency as being the world reserve status, and that that's already ongoing. It may not have happened yet. I don't know. I haven't followed it very closely whether or not. I know Russia w- wanted to implement some sort of system that would get them off of using the USD within their within their oil cells or something like that, but mm-hmm. it got postponed because, you know, it's a government. thought they just switched oh, it over. We're now oh, taking rubles. Oh, they're still working on that one. Uh, so they, they made the demand for everyone who sanctioned them to use uh, rubles or gold. Uh, so far, they've only enforced that on, like, Poland and I want to say Bulgaria. Definitely Poland. I forget. I, I forget what the other one is. Bullies. But, but what's really like what they're sort of like winding up for as a punch is uh, is Germany because Germany gets like almost all of its oil from Russia and they are not willing to pay in rubles or gold. But Russia really doesn't want to upset the neighbors. So back really? to because Raven- they just invaded the neighbors. <laughs> They, they, they don't want to upset the in. other neighbors. Oh, they don't. They don't oh, okay. think, yeah, they don't think Ukraine are their neighbors. They oh, okay. think that Ukraine is is them. Okay. So the government kicked Raven Rock back into gear. That's the that's the Pennsylvania hold, and it can now hold up to five thousand people in an emergency. So it is a nuclear shelter now. Way back in the day, Roger Ver, the owner of Bitcoin.com, was at the Porcupine Freedom Festival that we were talking about earlier that is sold out for this year. And he would he was giving 10 Bitcoin to anyone who would install a Bitcoin wallet onto their phone. And, and I mean, it worked. It, I mean, it did. I, I can buy just about anything at uh, at that festival with uh, with cryptocurrency now. And he may or may not be there this year giving out Bitcoin. Who knows? I don't think I don't think he's been at a Porcupine Freedom Festival in many many years. But <laughs> you twice don't know may for or sure. May not. But whether Roger Ver is there or not, there was someone there there last year who was giving away a cryptocurrency to anyone who had never used it before, anyone who ne- had never installed it before. So the, these sort of things, they still you're you're not going to get ten bitcoins or anything like that. But they may give you you know ten stellar lumens or whatever. And you may think, oh, well, that's that's meaningless. That's three cents or whatever. Yeah, okay, but that 10 bitcoins that Roger Ver was giving out, you know, 15 years ago at the Porcupine Freedom that was not $50,000 worth of bitcoin that he was giving out to every single person. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and, and my favorite part about it is that you can you can exchange goods and services for cryptocurrency. Which so makes like, it money. 
Yeah, so like you don't have to get onto these, you know, know your customer, show me your identity. For those that don't know who I am, I am the nurse that was arrested for saying allegedly the word amen at the executive council meeting and a last woman. October. It, oh, yeah, the word amen. amen. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, <laughs> I was never really involved in politics prior to that. I, you know, stood up for medical freedom, wasn't a fan of seeing my coworkers get their exemptions denied and knowing that they were COVID recovered and um, my two little boys having to go remote learning and everything else. And so can, that, can you, um, sorry, like, I, I, I didn't hear that story. Yeah. Can you like uh, just briefly go over it for me and any of the listeners who don't know? Sure. So um, as far as when I was arrested, sure. the story. Um, so at the executive council meeting last October, they were voting on $29 million of federal money that had uh, was a grant money for COVID um, vaccine registry. And oh, that was when vaccine. Sununu sent out a text message, a, a mysteriously unknown text message. And then suddenly state troopers came up from behind this, cur- uh, this curtain and began picking people off in the crowd. Oh, like, I saw the videos of that. Like there, there was a yeah. there, there was an okay. older lady. There was there was Footloose, and yourself apparently was there. Yep. So it was the first shoulder they tapped um, to come back, and I was sitting next to Footloose. They held a re revote, and, and they did not open this one to the public or something like that. Or people attended, and they said it was unsafe. So they finally held a third one, I believe it was the third one, where there was no public gathering whatsoever, and they voted to accept this $29 million. Teresa attended the first meeting that was highly publicized, and she was arrested there, allegedly, for saying amen. Allegedly. She said it's in the documents. But that's that's the the allegation. The documents allege that she said that. (laughs) So the document says that's why I was arrested. Um, My attorney says every time you speak to it, just say they, you know, I allegedly said the word so that I don't admit that I did anything, even though all the video that was there does not show any. They can't give a bill of particulars to even show where I ever said it. So, yeah, um, I I understand entirely. I mean, whether you 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 (laughs) said it or not, it's best to point out that this document merely alleges that you said it. I I am just taken aback by this whole thing. So, like, I I, I totally get that you're in the position of, like, I I need to now sort of prove that I didn't say this thing. But it's like, it's amen. And it's saying the word amen. That is both your freedom of religion and your freedom of speech. We did go to the beach, in fact. Uh, Ian, myself, and a few others went. And I think Footloose actually went with us. I don't remember. This may have been before we met oh, Footloose. Oh, I stuck in with my two boys. Are you kidding me? I grew up in okay, Southern awesome. I wasn't going to let my five <laughs> and six-year-old not have fun in the sand. But Glad what I was too. doing was, like, against the rules or whatever, which was ridiculous, right? But, you know, people weren't able to go to church. I'm like, oh, what the hell is happening in our world? Um, and here I am, a nurse working through the pandemic. So... You know, it's not like I'm uneducated as to the fact that we were dealing with something. But anyways, long story short, um, you know, this entire time, I'm like, we have a serious problem. I'm looking around the world, looking at the people crying out in Shanghai, uh, people being quarantined in Australia, reading up on John Sununu, Chris's brother, working for the World Economic Forum, reading up on what the Great Reset really is and Agenda 2030. And I'm like, holy crap, it's like right here at our doorstep, right in front of us. How can I save this for my boys? And is it too late? Um, and then learning, you know, standing out 
um, getting to know people like Footloose and um, Derek and um, Jason and just all these amazing people in the last six months. So you mentioned something called The Resolve. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So The Resolve was this idea that birthed just in April. It was basically what if we all, the you know, the libertarians, the independents, and those of us that are for the Constitution all joined forces together and did a massive orchestrated write-in ballot. I didn't know this, and I would not have expected it to be the case. Evidently, fertilizer is a petro product. Mm-hmm. So if you have... But see, the United States doesn't really need Russia for oil, right? They, they don't really need Russia in order to produce fertilizer. because They could just stop exporting oil to Russia and importing oil from Russia. It's really stupid. And it's actually well, something I learned from you one night. We need to 16% of our oil to Canada. We need to get 16% of our oil from Canada because if we don't, who will tax and regulate it? Well, that's that's a trade balance, right? Otherwise, you have a trade <laughs> deficit or a exactly. trade surplus. I mean, we can't use our own oil like some kind of peasant. How are we supposed to tax it, regulate it, and give kickbacks to the donors of political campaigns? You mentioned trade deficits, and this was one of the things I loved most about Ron Paul, because when people talk about trade deficits, it always sounds so uh, so terrifying and so scary. And then he just points out and goes, oh, oh no, I have a trade deficit with the grocery store where <laughs> I get all sorts of products from them, and they don't get any products from me. They just get, they just get currency. There is no deficit. There's just a, a difference in the types of goods being sold or traded. Right. You can't give all those goods to other countries. Well, and that's the thing. I'm not competing with the grocery store. An existential threat is not someone who you're competing with. That's not competition. That's like the threat of annihilation. So like being at war with someone and being in competition with them are mutually exclusive categories. So if, you know, if, if as you were pointing out, you know, if the Dallas Cowboys take the field and the Denver Broncos are shooting them, <laughs> that's not a game of football. That's not a competition. Excellent point. Yeah. Uh, and that is how the average person views Russia and China. Like Mark Edge hasn't been on the show a lot, but he back when he was on the show, he was regularly pounding out this anti-Chinese nonsense. Yes, he was. It was bizarre. He was. He was very much a Team America all the way, Team China bad, right? They they come here, they steal our (laughs) education, they take it back to China, and they get smarter, and we're doing LGBTQ stuff. Well, I will definitely say this. Most of the worst parts of America are the, the things that make us like China and make us compatible with China. Go on. Well, so China has the one-party system. It has, I mean, it's communism. So you have this full-on centralized authoritarian control and the the sort of cultural collectivism rather than uh, what we have, what has made the West wealthy in the first place was the idea of individual rights, of personal property. We all rejoiced. I, I rejoiced, even though I haven't even flown since like January, when the CDC mask mandate on transportation federal transportation vanished and what what continues to baffle me and amaze me about this is that like when the judge made this ruling the the pilots who heard about this who were flying at that time announced it over their intercoms so that the whole plane would go ahead and take their masks off instead of waiting on delta airlines or american airlines or instead of waiting on some ceo or some attorney to hand down 
you know, a, a recommendation or whatever. Did the Pirates oh, yeah. really do that? Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen footage. Two okay. thunderous applause, I might add. Okay. And that's the most amazing thing, right? You had all these people who were anxious to take their masks off and who were doing it because they didn't want to get kicked out of, off of place. Look, I, I'm with you on that one. The, the only time I consistently wore a mask at, at all during the COVID-19 pandemic, other than at work where I had to because it was my job and I had to make money, was on airplanes. Okay. And it was awful. Like, they would, like, the little stewardess would, like, remind you if you were not putting your mask back on between sips. Okay. Not kidding. Ridiculous. I, mean, I, I believe the, the whole mask coming off of the pilots, like, I saw the videos. I felt like maybe it was staged. This is America, right? We're not, we're not state owned, like, at least in thought, in theory. For I tend most to. Things. Take the position that if you're a government employee, you should be forbidden from owning anything except government dollars. Okay. That's your product. That, that Those stupid sheets of paper, that's your product. Stand by it. You shouldn't be allowed to own stocks. You shouldn't right. be allowed to own cryptocurrency or gold or silver or anything else because the government regularly attacks those things. So mm-hmm. if, if, the, if we're saying that the government owns all of these airlines, are you also then calling the pilots government agents or government employees? Uh, unwittingly, that, yes. Okay. They are unwitting government agents. Okay. So again, where's the dividing line? Like how big does your corporation have to be? Or how well, big does your company you have to be? Well, the moment you ask to become incorporated, you become an employee of the government effectively. There is that. Okay. And, and that is is definitely a line that I draw, but I can see how that's like a different line. Because I absolutely think that we should, like, if we're, we're going to have to have a government, and if we're going to have to have this entity called a corporation with its little legal shield, okay. if those things are necessarily true, then we should absolutely go back to where it was at the turn of the century, where the only corporations allowed to exist had to, A, have a temporary lifespan, specific and non-renewable, and B, had to perform a public service. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.